Buenos dias, senoritas and seniors. You're listening to a couple of annoyed grunt boys, and this is the 138th Simpsons Podcast. Sky Police. Chief Clancy Wiggins is the Sky Police. Uploading future cop Sky Police. Fly Police. Squash perps on their heads. They won't know why they're dead. Sky Police. In my jetpack, I'm flying high above the law. I'm just like Superman, powered by great big fans. I'll kill you all. I'm Sky Police. This is a Simpsons podcast that discusses Simpsons from seasons 11 and beyond. Why 11 and beyond? Well, we feel that seasons 1 through 10 have been talked about oh so much in every other Simpsons podcast. We wanted to dive back into Simpsons, into the modern era, to see if there's any good episodes that can rival the uh, classic golden age that we all love and enjoy. I'm half an annoyed grunt boy, Craig, and with me on this journey is... Your other half annoyed grunt boy, uh, Steve. Steve, uh, we're recording this on the 5th of May. Steve, what is the 5th? of may well yesterday was may the 4th oh it's revenge of the sith revenge of the, the fifth <laughs> yeah now we're uh, we're celebrating cinco de mayo yes the holiday celebrated by everyone in the world except for mexico <laughs> it's a uh, excuse for white guys like us to drink tequila yeah it's a uh, funny uh Laura likes watching this bartender instructional video on YouTube called, uh, coincidentally enough, Steve the Bartender. And he's this uh, Australian guy who's really way too attractive for my taste. And he makes drinks and he shows you how to make them and then he drinks them all really quickly. It's fine. But he down in Australia made a Cinco de Mayo video and he's like, I don't know why we celebrate it, but here's a bunch of tequila drinks. I just, I don't know who you're talking about, but I'm just imagining someone who looks like Chris Hemsworth and just like teaching us how to cook. Okay. I think his wife, Steve's wife, not my wife, Steve the bartender's wife, but I think his wife is like the camera person. And uh, so, you know how bartenders shake in the shaker when they drink or, you know. Yeah, that makes them a drink. I feel like they had a discussion because when he does it, he does this like cheesy, yet if you're attracted to him, very sexy, look to the camera and smiles when he shakes his shaker. And it's just like, it's a bit much. Like, I get it, dude. You, you're an attractive guy. Huh. Steve recommends... Uh, Steve the bartender on YouTube. It'll make uh, your wife like that guy. How have you been this week, Steve? We're now on year 43 of quarantine. Uh, yeah. Um, I did a puzzle. There was some yard work done. What was yeah. it? It was inspirational women. So uh, Lisa Simpson, Marge Simpson, and, and the rest. And the rest. Marianne and the professor too. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I've just been hanging out. Uh, life's fine. Um, I appreciate beer delivery systems and marijuana delivery systems. Cooking is fun. Wear a mask, folks. That's all I got. I'm still working, you know, five days a week. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that traffic, while well, it's lighter, more people are driving like jerks. Oh. Yeah. And I think it's because they assume that they can drive like jerks because like cops aren't going to pull me over. They're too afraid of coronavirus. I, I don't want to get them sick. They don't want to get me sick. We can't fill up the prisons these days or the county jails. Um, no, that's they'll still pull you over for speeding. Yeah. It's just I, I don't get it. Like there's no rush. Right. Um, related, uh, I have a customer who is a uh, parking attendant. His name's not Rita, by the way. I should hope not. <laughs> um, he told me that he's had similar issues where people are just being assholes about parking because they assume that there's no more rules. A lot of people are parking in front of fire hydrants. <laughs> Oh, and speaking of parking, I just saw someone just pull up to Papa Murphy's, right? Mm-hmm. There's the other business around them are, are like a, a laundromat and, and a tax service or whatever. So, you know, there's no business there. And the person just pulls up in like three spaces, like just like 
diagonally just like does that you know not you know what i'm saying right like right it's like no like still obey the etiquette of parking jesus we live in a society people come on i'm still a little ticked off by that steve how are you enjoying this uh, secret in my hole oh it's great i'm gonna enjoy some uh nachos oh can i have some i suppose so yeah, yeah. Hmm, people just love hearing us like, eat on the podcast mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, it's just uh, I'm, I'm actually wearing a a Hawaiian shirt, but with the Dosakis logo on it. Alrighty, <laughs> it's one of my comfy shirts, dude. Sounds like a comfy shirt. I know which one you're talking about. It's a good yeah, shirt. It's my party shirt, man. I've had for a couple years. There's like old cigarette burns in it back <laughs> when I smoked. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there we go. Uh, happy Cinco de Mayo when people are listening to this on the uh, the seventh of May. Cinco. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, siete de mayo. There you go. Uh, hey, can you guys quiet down over there? I, I heard him. I got you. You can hear that, right? Okay. Um, guys, quiet. Let's just get on with this week's episode. How about that? That sounds like a plan. Um, so today we are talking about Sky Police, the uh, 16th episode of the 26th season, which aired on March 8th 2015 so uh craig yeah what was the uh, number one movie in the box office on march 8th of 2015 uh this movie is called chappie steve did you ever see chappie i did not it's a uh, yeah the guy did district nine like Chappie's i said uh, what's his name i like district nine anything you want to do in your life but uh yeah he wants to be he-man apparently in this trailer <laughs> All right, now you're listening to our new format where it's just Steve and I looking at things <laughs> and commenting on the trailer for the movie Chappie. Uh, okay, enough of that Chappie, Steve. Um, yeah, it's not supposed to be good, right? Uh, no, I think though there were like there was a contingency of people who liked it. Ironically, maybe. Huh. All right, good but old Chappie. To me, if I want a robot cop, I'm gonna watch RoboCop. And if I want a robot having fun, I'm going to watch Short Circuit. Okay, well, there you go, Chappie. Steve, what was our uh, number one song? Well, our number one song on the Billboard Hot 100 was Uptown Funk by Mark Ronson featuring uh, Bruno Mars. Steve, do you think there's a kids bot version of this? I almost guarantee it. All right, let's see if there's a music video to go along with this podcast so they can see. (laughs) And there is. Here we go. uh, It's got kids bot house party. Oh. And it looks like preteens dancing around suggestively. See, I don't know about this. Hmm. They don't even know who Michelle Pfeiffer is. <laughs> no. <laughs> I like there's this kid in the background with a uh, air guitar or a blow up <laughs> uh, guitar. And they got like inflatable furniture so is this like a, a frat house for like tweens? i guess so yeah very much uh oh, no i think <laughs> i think the fbi watching this and i'm probably be arrested this is <laughs> now would you rather listen to this or the it's tough i mean I do not like Bruno Mars. Um, I am removed from pop culture, or not pop culture, but pop music as it's known today. Like, it's not really for me, I feel. 
and so I don't really follow it that close, but Bruno Mars just seems to be so generic and so bland that it just seems awful. And maybe this is just the perfect thing for him because, <laughs> man. Is, is that Bruno Mars right there? It could be. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm, I don't really care either, but I can see how this would be a party song. Well, not the kids' bot version, but. Yeah. Okay. That's a review of uh, Kids Bop Uptown Front. <laughs> I think we do, do we need to spin the wheel to find out what we're listening to next week. Sure. <laughs> okay. How about we just instead watch uh, watch this episode of The Simpsons, Steve? Alrighty. Well, let me tell you about this. Yeah, uh, yeah. Do it. Do it. Uh, when Chief Wiggum uses a military jet to fight crime, he ends up crashing into the church, leaving Marge and the congregation to resort to gambling to raise money for the repairs. Mm, this episode sounds weird, Steve. It does sound weird. Well, let's go watch it. Yeah, let's do that. And uh, we'll come back and we'll talk about it, I guess. We'll be right back. Don't believe me, just watch. Don't believe me, just watch. And we are back. Today we are talking about Sky Police, the 16th episode of the 26th season. It originally aired on March 8th, 2015, which is six years to the date from last week's episode. It is episode 568 in the show's run. Your nerd code is T-A-B-F-O-9. It was written by Matt Selman, directed by Rob Oliver, and your showrunners are Al Jean and Matt Selman. A good old Matt Selman episode, Steve. We, uh, what was the last episode we did with him was uh, not Great Fatsby. We did one before that. Or yeah. After that. I think it was uh, Jaws Wired Shot, right? Oh, yeah. That was a really good episode. And, of course, we've done Trilogy of Air. Still haven't got to Behind the Laughter, but eventually. Oh, and don't forget Simpsons Bible Stories. But we've had better luck with the uh, three the, with the trilogies, so maybe it's better than we, we remember. I think it's because uh, we're just not fans of the Bible, Steve. Could be. Wait, this whole episode is about religion. Kind of is, yeah. Cool. Well, our episode begins without the aid of a chalkboard or a couch gag. and goes straight to the action happening at the Springfield Police Station, where we see our chief, Clancy Wiggum, enjoying some shut-eye after reading the latest issue of Hat Napping Magazine. It's kind of weird starting a Simpsons episode without the Simpsons, isn't it? It is. Like, when we're, they're not on the on camera, we should be asking, where are they? Now, I'm sure, I'm trying to think of other episodes that start without The Simpsons. Like, you know, they get started with, like, a, like a Mr. Burns and stuff like that. But, like, there's, what, like a good, like, two or three minutes without even The Simpsons. It's true. And, yeah, it is kind of weird. It's like we're watching the uh, Wiggum spinoff that we were promised. Yeah. Never got. Where's Big Papa? Yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, um, on the wall, we see plaques for first place in pie eating contest and the Springfield Police Academy Clean Plate Club. Um, a newspaper article clipping entitled, How to Restart Your Heart, a wanted poster for Fat Tony, a post-it note with the phone number 555-3226. Hey, Steve, can you call that number real quick and see what sure. it, who it is? Okay. Grab my phone here. 555-3226. Call speaker. <laughs> The call you are attempting to place is not allowed from this line. Please dial 611. Huh. Oh, Steve, did you get banned? Maybe I did. All right, well, the police <laughs> station. Um, uh, there's also a, a list of a things to do list uh, with the first entry being make lists and <laughs> a picture of the chief with his son at the father son picnic where Ralph is facing the wrong way for the three legged race. Probably hurt. Suddenly, Eddie and Lou burst in, donning riot gear and warning of a sniper in the warehouse. As they grab the rifles, they ask the chief to roll with them. As much as Wiggum loves to roll, Steve, he's waiting for a dust ruffle for his bed that his wife is having delivered to the station. And mm. uh, he doesn't want to sign for it. 
Uh, they'll have to take it back to the package place, and that's a whole nightmare. So Eddie and Lou head out, but not before Eddie contemplates shooting his boss in the head. Um, do you ever get anything delivered to your work? Oh, yeah. It's because I so I live in Washington, and there's sales tax. And, right. Um, if I order something, I get and I work in Portland, so if I want something, it's easier for me just to have it sent to my work and I'll have to pay for sales tax. Makes sense. I like a band called The Streaming Females, and they have a fan club. And it's free to join, but the owner of it, or the guy who runs it, is this guy in his 50s, and I don't know anything about him. And so when I applied, he emailed me almost immediately, wanting my home address. And so I gave my work address. And like a week later, they sent me a signed CD of the, from the whole band, oh, which wow. is cool. But I totally forgot that I did that. And my boss got it, and it just says streaming females on it. <laughs> and they didn't know that that was like a band or even a CD by the packaging. And so they thought that I was getting like... Some sort of weird porn. <laughs> Nailed to my work. I've uh, never listened to the screaming females. I like them, but everybody has their own taste. Are they screaming and female? Usually screaming, but not always. And female, there's three of them, and actually only one of them is female. Okay. Uh, check out the album Rose Mountain. That's a good in- inductory album. <laughs> Free plug. Yeah. Do you think they listen to the podcast, Steve? Probably not, but I mean, I, they're of the age to like The Simpsons. I mean, they're just slightly younger than us. So they're only uh, a 24. Four. Right. Actually, I'm, I'm, I like being older than in my 20s. 20s suck. Yeah, I'm perfectly fine with being in my 30s. Like, I actually can't wait to be in my 50s. Mm-hmm. I feel like the 50s would suit you well. Thanks. Yeah, I think you were born to be in the 50s. Like, I plan on getting uh, some more cardigans and then uh, smoking a pipe, uh-huh. reading the uh, daily newspaper, if they still exist. I mean, that's pretty much what I did in, in my 20s, but... I guess that's true. It won't be so, like, needy to do it. It'll eh. seem more intentional. I think we'll be dead by then. Hopefully. I mean, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> uh, once again, alone at his desk, Wiggum busts out a Stuffer's family-sized lasagna. Hmm, wonder if we'll see any more of that in this episode. Uh, which is intended to feed 15 to 20 people and has a slogan, you know it's Stuffer's because the noodles are thick. Did you ever all, all of a sudden have an urge to eat Stouffer's frozen lasagna? Absolutely. For as good as it is or isn't, it definitely, when you have it, it's not bad. And yeah, I wanted some at that moment. It's like uh, sex. Even if it's bad, it's still good? Yeah. Thanks, Jim Gaffigan. (laughs) I was going to do a Woody Allen impersonation. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so the flabby arm of the law scrapes the last crusty remnants of the lasagna pan before diving into a second pan of the uh, pasta casserole when he is interrupted by a delivery person. Uh, Yeah, I got a delivery here for uh, Clancy Wiggins. Wiggins? No, 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 it's Wiggum. Wiggins, that's not even a real name. What's a Wiggins? No, really, tell me. What, what, What is that? Okay, so you're not Clancy Wiggins who ordered this uh, Skymaster X5000 jetpack. Jetpack? Of course I'm Clancy Wiggins, you idiot. Chief Clancy Jetpack. That was a fun clip. I liked the uh, way that he climbed over the desk. I thought it was really cute. I enjoyed his delivery of like, Wiggins, what is that? That's not even real. Tell me, what is a Wiggins? (laughs) What's a Wiggum? That's right. Justice has a new name. Up. And while... uh, Lou warns Wiggum that he needs to take a 40-hour training course to operate the jetpack. Clancy announces that he is the Sky Police. And the world of tomorrow? Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. That movie was weird. I think we've talked about it on the podcast before, haven't we? I feel like I we feel like we would have. I think I tried watching it, but I think I always kept falling asleep. Sounds about right. Uh, all right, well, so Wiggum clumsily takes to the sky, crashing into his own police car and chopper, and then into the police station where several inmates burst out, including Snake, Jailbird, Fat Tony, and Sammy Hagar? 
Sure, why not? Um, the floating cop soars through the city, singing a song, imagining the possibilities. He busts into a potential drug dealer's drug deal by uh, blowing the blow every which way, uh, stopping would-be graffito taggers by crushing their head with the uh, jetpack propellers in a very <laughs> bloody scene. Yeah, I was like, whoa! And even uh, pulls over a commercial jet for speeding. He's like Superman, powered by great big fans. He'll kill us all. He's the sky police. Uh, then we cut back to Wiggum at his desk again and... Uh... Ready to dig into another pan of stuffers, microwavable dinner. That's the second mention of stuffers. Mm-hmm. We'll have to count them here. Um, he's proudly wearing his jetpack, which he obtained some uh, wear and tear, as well as some smell, causing Lou to ask his boss to take a break from the military-grade technology. Yeah, Wiggum is mighty protective of his new toy and refuses to take it off. In Brigadier General Clancy Wiggins, who wants to uh, swap the misdelivered jetpack, for the off-brand Dust Ruffle King Dust Guard. Warning, do not use as a bed skirt. What is a dust guard? Uh, you put it around your box spring to prevent dust, I guess. Um, hey, Laura. Yeah. Yes. In the world of bedding, Yeah. what's a dust ruffle for? It's basically to hide the foundation. Oh, so it's to hide the foundation. So it's like a, another like tree skirt, or tree skirt, <laughs> bed skirt. Yeah, it's like a bed skirt. Yeah, okay. skirt for your bed. Skirt for your bed. Now we know. <laughs> Thanks, Laura. We'll have to edit her out. We can't pay her. She was on the mic too much. Oh, yeah. She had five and under, though. It's fine. Okay. Steve, I have a bed. I have two bed skirts. Ooh. I, I like to lift, lift them up and look under them. We're getting a visit from everybody. Here's Engineer Milo. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, uh, Clancy announces that he's the one and only who can get to the bottom of this and blasts off through the hole in his ceiling to the Springfield sky where the uh, military is trying to shoot him down. That's right. Uh, Wiggum's shot down and uh, lands squarely on the Brigadier General. Uh, the wind beneath Clancy's ass, also known as the jetpack, bounces wildly from building to building, just missing the Springfield Tire Fire and the Jetpack Disposal Center, <laughs> only to land on the roof of the church, and the house of worship is set aflame. So, what, finally about uh, three minutes in, we cut <laughs> to the stars of the show called The Simpsons, who are on their way to the church. I did like the jetpack bouncing. It kind of reminded me of when Luke Perry went flying in the sky and he passed the marshmallow factory and the pillow factory. Uh, yeah, and uh, I enjoy that they have a jetpack disposal. Yeah, it's good that there's a place where you can get rid of those. All right, well, hey, Bart, you have something to say? Stupid church. Why would Jesus want us to waste our weekend on extra boring, no recess, dress-up school? Exactly. The dude was a carpenter, and those guys like to kick back on Sundays. <laughs> and I mean kick back. Guys, church is good for your souls. And remember, God is listening to your prayers. What percentage of prayers really come true? Well, not all of them. Like, um, 90%? God doesn't hear my prayers. If he did, I'd be at home on the couch playing video games in a diaper. Oh, God gets your prayers, but he just clicks delete without reading them, like email updates from LinkedIn. You know, Homer makes a great point about uh, Jesus being a carpenter and mm-hmm. how they don't want to work Sundays. They just want to sit back and relax. Yeah, they they made a lot of tables and chairs and whatnot. Yeah. Homer's very, uh, I'd say he's uh, he's kind of smart in this episode. Yeah, he actually does everything A-OK. Uh, well, we'll get to more of that. Um, so they arrive at the church and they see several fire trucks doused in the building and Bart's prayers were answered. And Reverend Lovejoy is meeting with a good old Gil to discuss the church's insurance policy. Don't worry, Reverend. According to your policy, your church is covered for everything but acts of God. But we believe everything that happens everywhere is an act of God. Debye, Jiminy, you're right. We're off the hook. Hey. Those Cornell men at the head office are going to be doing the Saluki strut tonight. Go Southern Illinois! Saluki strut! 
Steve, do you know the Saluki strut? I do not. Are you familiar? Well, the Southern Illinois Salukis are the varsity athletic team representing the Southern Illinois University Carbondale. The nickname comes from Saluki, the royal dog of Egypt, Ooh. and the Persian Greyhound, which ties into the fact that Southern Illinois has the nickname Lil Egypt. For just under 200 years, the Salukis play their home basketball games at Banterra Center and football games at Saluki Stadium. Southern Illinois University was a member of Illinois Intercollegiate Athletic Conference from 1913 to 1962. The school is currently a member of the Missouri Valley Conference in most sports. Cool. Uh, so, Robin Lovejoy, Helen Lovejoy, Sideshow Mel, Agnes Skinner, Ned Flanders, and Marge go inside to further survey the damage. Timothy Lovejoy explains that there's no money to repair the church and that land developers are eager to build the church over with fast casual dining downstairs live work lofts upstairs and as an anchor store maybe an anchor.fm store steve oh i wish but really a chain pharmacy why it's a mixed use nightmare marge is resolute about uh in repairing what she calls the heart of the community it's where they have their weddings their funerals it's where the fun runs begin and end marge will not rest until the church is rebuilt unbelievably the church is going to have to ask people for money what yeah she finds help from an unexpected place I think I can help you get the money that you need. But you don't go to our church. Granted, I do not share your faith, but the yahoos in this town need a church to deliver weekly reminders not to steal from me and not to take a life, my life. Without organized religion, I've lost me moral compass. Also, I've, uh, I've been addicted to oxy for a while now. Yar. Yar. Now, this is what I have got in mind. I will whisper even though we are alone. All right, people, Marge has brought this heathen to aid us in our time of need. Please do not call me a heathen. It offends Hanuman, the monkey-headed Lord of Winds, who believed the sun to be a ripe mango. Okay, I get it. I get why you say it. Apu thinks we can get the money at the casino playing blackjack. <gasps> the casino? Blackjacks for suckers. So I've read a lot on the internet that a lot of churches are asking their congregation to donate their stimulus check to the church, Mm -hmm. um, which I'm sorry if there's any uber religious listeners out there. I apologize, but that's really messed up. It's really messed up. So do you think, uh, who's that one guy that I keep seeing on TV? That's the the lunatic. uh, Oh, the one. Yeah. I know who you're talking about, but Um, yeah, he's really scary. Um, very scary, but yeah, the, uh, a lot of people would donate that to the church, which, okay. If you're okay financially and you want to donate to church, that's fine. But a lot of the people that like teeth, like teething, like they can't afford it and they still give money to the church. And right. And you know, the churches don't pay taxes. Uh -uh. So why should, I mean, even though the stimulus check is a bonus check, you shouldn't have to give it away. You should use it for something to help the economy. It's, yeah, to stimulate economy. Um, but anyways, what I was going to do, do you think Lovejoy would have been the type of a preacher to ask Springfieldians to donate their stimulus check to Springfield? I feel like he might be, yeah. See, I don't think he would. Hmm. What do you think Ned's going to do with his check? Oh, he's going to probably... Donate to the church. Yeah, probably. Or like buy like some weather stripping or something really boring let's do an episode where where it's just what everyone does with their stimulus check Mm -hmm. and for some reason burns gets one too right right (laughs) for the businesses that get like even the big corporations right now everyone's kind of complaining about that yeah you know what is it some some corporations are giving the money back or not yeah i think uh 
was it Cheesecake Factory or I don't some, like Cheesecake Factory, but I'll respect them for that. Yeah, the some big corporation, um, like a national chain, gave back their money, which is uh, which is good. You know who wouldn't give back their money? Who's that? The Annoyed Grunt Boys on the Hundred Three right. Podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, gambling. Okay, so Apu here uh, <laughs> wants to teach him card counting, I guess. Uh, so uh, Lamb of God Skinner then recounts the tale of her brother who lost his three RB franchises to the tables and gave himself a shotgun tonsillectomy. <laughs> to the dismay of Armin Tanzerian. That's right. That's just a really bleak term. <laughs> yeah, especially shotgun. Had, especially had the concern on Skinner's face, like, uh, what? <laughs> he liked his uncle. Aww. They also mentioned Arby's again. That's fun. Yeah. If I had three Arby's, I might kill myself too. I got uh, no money and three Arby's. Why can't I it? have three money and no Arby's? Apu explains his experience of being recruited by a card-counting ring during his tenure at MIT, the Mumbai Institute of Tantric Sex. Uh, he won enough money to buy fake SAT scores, allowing him to get into the real MIT, where he happened to fail every class and was kicked out and had to move to Springfield. I'd like to go to the uh, Mumbai Institute of Tantric Sex. Yeah, you can learn a lot. I'd like to get my uh, doctorate. Yeah, they have flexible hours. So Ned is skeptical of using gambling to repair the church, but Reverend Lovejoy is quick to the point out all the biblical folks who were playing games of chance, like Leviticus drawing lots, Joshua drawing lots. Nahima and even the apostles were lot drawers. With gambling being okay with the Bible, Ned's going to get his kids health insurance. It's also a form of gambling. But Apu elaborates that card counting isn't gambling, it's math. And you won't even get arrested if you're caught. The worst that'll happen is they'll beat you with the phone book or break some thumbs. What's a little pain if the church is to be saved? He asked, giving a uh, broken thumbs up. Hey, I always thought counting cards was illegal, but I guess it's not. I don't know that it's like textbook illegal but it is definitely frowned upon and they will put a stop to it yeah i mean i'm not a gambler and i've never been to vegas and i don't really have any intentions i knew a guy who was really good at gambling and he taught me a couple things um knowing when to hold them (laughs) knowing when to fold them and knowing when to walk away he also roasted a mean chicken r.i.p colonel sanders that's right he'll come back in another comedian in a few weeks he regenerates like uh doctor who exactly here we go, Steve. Second act. Woo! All right. So it's back at the Quickie Mart where Pooh has created an environment similar to that of a casino full of distractions like slot machines ringing in the background, secondhand smoke wafting through the air, which was cigars. Yeah. Which, um, I don't think casinos allow cigars, do they? Or is it? They probably probably not. Yeah. Cause yeah. I remember bar, like bars back in the day when you could smoke. You couldn't smoke cigars, cigarettes only. Yeah, the only one was the local horse brass, the Irish oh, pub yeah. smoked cigars in, but that was a rare thing. Yeah, uh, he's got these cocktail waitresses made of cardboard uh, with free drinks and some uh, eyeball height cleavage. <laughs> They're not attractive, but you can't look away. And I'm looking at him now. I'm like, oh, there is a face, but uh, <laughs> well, Mel's getting his bone hard. <laughs> Good old Mel. So he stumbles to pay attention, and Apu warns... But secrecy is of the utmost importance to pull off this legal but frowned upon heist. Nobody must know this scheme, particularly Homer, who is a notoriously bad accomplice. The group imagines if their plan is a failure, the church will be torn down and in its place, an atheist strip club featuring dancer Crystal Hitchens. Coming up next, we got Crystal Hitchens. <laughs> Bring out your dollar bills, boys. Oh, yeah. She's my cherry pie. pie. Anyways, uh, Marge tries to evade her husband, Homer. And uh, it's weird because Homer is a little bit more supportive than usual. I'm leaving for my fundraising meeting. Don't wait up. Why are you Churchills getting together so late? I'm asking because I'm supposed to care about things. Well, to raise money, we're putting on a review. 
Well, you can't go wrong with a review. Skits and songs. <laughs> I'm entertained already. Yeah, so uh, I'm going out to rehearse. The review. Go. Go make magic. You just go. <laughs> review. I really enjoyed the uh, Homer in that scene. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite scenes of Homer. The uh, I'm just uh, I'm supposed to be supportive. Songs and uh, sketches? <laughs> I'm already entertained. You don't watch the TV show Goldbergs, do you? No, I don't, but that, I know of it. That scene very much would be like a Goldbergs-esque scene that, you would sh- they, that they would show. Really? Yeah. Just the whole exchange of like, I trust you. You know, like, you're not doing anything weird at all. <laughs> in fact, they are. It's funny. Uh, so our band of holy gamblers arrive at the La Belle Fertage Casino and in an homage to the 2008 film featuring Kevin Spacey, 21. Apu narrates in place of the usual suspects uh, star and sexual abuser. Did you know that uh, they've now digitally edited out Kevin Spacey from that film and just put in uh, Christopher Plummer? Oh, oh, smart. He works anywhere. I do love an old Chris Plummer. Mm-hmm. Card counting is simple. All sit at different tables, betting low, playing hand after hand, counting in your head how many high cards are left in the deck. Ignore all distractions. When the count is high, you have a hot deck and the odds are in your favor. Then you use a secret signal to call in the closer. The closer bets big, wins bigger, and the casino never suspects that it has been the victim of a morally acceptable screw job. But use caution. There are eyes everywhere. Sooner or later, the casino will catch on. That is when you must flash the get the hell out signal. Did you ever see the uh, film 21? I feel like I saw part of it on like cable on a, like a weekend. It had kind of that fun heisty thing, but also well, it was based not. On, yeah, it was based on a true story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had no intention to see it. I can't watch anything with Kevin Spacey now. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, if you are looking for a fun, true story-based film that's about people stealing money, I saw a movie over the weekend called Bad Education featuring Wolverine and Allison Janney. Good film. Is that a uh, Apple exclusive show or movie? Actually, or... I think is on HBO. Oh, HBO. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad you'd recommended that movie that I won't watch. Okay. No, um, it's about. Is it about the uh, Lori Laughlin stuff? Uh, no, it's about a uh, high school in like 2002, and uh, some people were embezzling money from the school and using it for their own purposes. But will they make a Lori Laughlin movie? Oh, I'm sure they will. They should cast her daughter. Hmm. I mean, probably doesn't have school the next day. Well, no one has school right now, Steve. That's true. She's missing her rowing classes. <laughs> um, from that clip there, that signal uh, when uh, he says, get the hell out, is uh, for each member of the group erecting their tiny cocktail umbrellas, which leads Ned to take his tokens and make a break for it. Nice. So the gang meets up at Scobo's restaurant to count their hall. Timothy and Helen are excited to be f- to uh, further fix the church with some inspiration from uh, Liturgical Digest magazine. Uh, Ned has gotten a rush from the thrill of the job. He decided to imbibe on fancy chain cocktail restaurant cocktails uh so mel enjoys a marshmallowy s'morserita but there are some other cocktails on the menu including stuffers lasagna collins that's That's three references tie-dye banana blumby pesto berry grain alcohol kazoople california roll imitation crab teeny 
Uh, butterscotch and jam. Okay, that one's the least. Yeah. Oh, watermelon Snickers teeny. Uh, coconut cake batter and whiskey and jam. Mmm. Okay. That one doesn't sound bad to me. I mean, I like the idea of coconut cake batter, but that sounds like a little bit too sweet. So you can out with two different liquors that taste wildly different. Eggs Benedictini. Uh, Bill Cosby's signature <laughs> cocktail, Roofie Teeny. Mmm. Papa Bahamas citrus mudslide. The ultimate hurricane flavorita. Gummy worm mojito. Sour Patch Kids and Beer Blenders. And the Raging Cajun Cookie Dough Teeny. I think the Butterscotch and Gin maybe sounds okay. Yeah. Maybe the Gummy Worm Mojito. That'd be kind of fun. The Sour Patch Kids and Beer Blenders. I That doesn't, like if it was the right beer, like a nice like light, like maybe like a, a s- sour ale or... A Corona? Yeah, exactly. What, what, what's your choice here? Um, I think I would go with the uh, coconut cake batter and whiskey and gin. Because separately, I like all those things. So together, they must be great. I think I'm going to gro- pass on the uh, eggs benedictini. Yeah, I think the California roll imitation crab tea is the <laughs> grossest one. Because you want to eat imitations real or nothing for you. Yeah. The ultimate hurricane flavor eat probably tastes fine. Yeah. I don't know why, but Papa Bahamas, which is usually Mama Bahamas, that's fine. But citrus mudslide just sounds really gross to me. Yeah. Oh. Oh, definitely. I mean, they're all gross. Uh, yeah. This is the menu you, uh, when you first tw- turn 21 and you're at a <laughs> restaurant and you're like, okay, I better get something fun and not sure, you know, make sure it doesn't taste like alcohol and it doesn't. Right. So you drink four different drinks with four different liquors. You spend four times as much as you intended and then you get really sick. <laughs> and you're barfing the next day or even that day. Mm-hmm. And then you decide uh and you're like, okay, well, I got to be a responsible alcoholic and uh, just do basics, you know, like a well, two ingredient drink, you know, mm-hmm. or a beer or a wine. We don't need that frilly stuff, Steve. That's right. All right. Well, you know, Reverend Lovejoy and Helen, they got the roofy teeny. Mm. Yeah, Marge got the uh, pesto berry grain alcohol. Uh, Lamb of God, Agnes ordered the coconut cake batter and whiskey and gin. So, you know. Woman after my own heart. I know. I think we would have fun with Agnes. Oh, yeah. She likes to party. Also, it makes sense that she got it because she does like to collect pictures of cake. Oh. But she doesn't like cake. So this is like in the realm. All right. That is weird. If she doesn't like cake, then why would she like that flavor? Maybe uh, alcohol, you know, she could get it down, Mm -hmm. cake flavor down because there's whiskey and gin. There you go. You know what we should have done before this episode is both of us picked out a drink and then made it. We're going to have to try the coconut cake batter and whiskey and gin. I think I could figure out. Well, you're the. Uh, yeah, I mean, what would you use? Because you're not using actually cake batter. Would you just use like a coconut? Like, uh, I, I would know. use probably uh, Coco Lopez, which is a coconut cream. So you'd get that rich kind of coconut flavor. She usually normally used for uh, pina colada. Okay. Um, but for the cake, I actually might use some amaretto. Okay. Can I make a suggestion? Sure. Um, there's flavored vodkas out there, and I guarantee you, there's like a cake, like birthday cake flavor. Oh, vodka. totally. Yeah. So use that coconut thing. Use the cake. Even there's probably even like a liqueur, like a cake batter liqueur. Yeah. But I think that's a good good call. And then uh, whiskey. Okay, the next time I go to uh, Total Winemore, which is a big giant like in, in Vancouver here, there's a place called Total Winemore. If you don't know what these are, they're literally like a, a Toys R Us for alcoholics. <laughs> <laughs> it's the size of a Toys R Us, but all booze. Fun. Yeah. So uh, next time I go there, I'll, I'll look for some liqueur. And, and maybe we'll make the, maybe I'll make this drink, Steve. Yeah. Because I always have whiskey and gin on hand, but uh, not coconut cake batter. <laughs> Uh, and, oh, yeah. It's, uh, finishing off the list here, Ned uh, got the tie-dye banana blumpy. Which sounds like a dirty sex thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it is a dirty sex thing, right? Sure. Okay. Well, Marge, uh, buzzed from both the cocktail and the gambling, comes home, 
and she is horny. Um, Homer reminds her that Coitus is not on the schedule, and he consults his calendar, which shows that <laughs> snuggling occurs every Wednesday and Saturday with uh, no masturbation on the Tuesdays and Fridays prior. It's good practice. So Homer succumbs to his wife's advances. <laughs> I like how they have a calendar yeah. right next to the, the bed. Okay. <laughs> like, you can't remember uh-huh. when it's like every Wednesdays and Saturdays. Yeah. <laughs> um, so after... Uh, 1 a.m. love and Homer enjoys a 2 a.m. steak, which doesn't even look cooked. You know when she's like flips it over, it still looks raw. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then uh, nightmares rule, Steve, and uh, he yeah. inquires further about the church review. <sighs> I guess nothing gets the heart pumping like a church review. <clears throat> oh, yeah, 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 the review. Oh, I got so many questions. What are the skits about? Uh, pop culture and current events. How do you transition between scenes? Heart blackouts or spotlight fades? Both. Nice. You know, it wouldn't be a review without songs. Tell me about one. Okay. Uh, there's a song about um how Democrats and Republicans can't get along. It's called Cats and Dogs. Oh, you got yourself one hell of a show, Marge. One hell of a show. Homer's so good in this episode so far. He really is. The uh, the skeptical look on his face. Oh, yeah. Also, he uh, three bites to finish that steak, by the way. <laughs> yeah. The steak that I don't think he even cooked. Oh, he's going to have bad stomach issues. And did that steak have a bone in it? Did he it did, and I think he ate it. Huh. I hope it's not Mel's bone. Oh. Back at the convenience store back room, Apu warns the rapture-waiting baby baptizers to not get cocky as this casino may be onto their scheme. Luckily... Apu has an array of disguises. Marge is concerned that their scam is becoming dishonest, but Reverend Lovejoy convinces her by saying that if the Jews can have their Sunday on a Saturday, he'll be cool with this. So they go through the various outfits, and the Reverend is excited to find this goth getup. And Sideshow Mel is pleased that uh, he could be a Sideshow anyone. Kind of reminded me of uh, Clayface from uh, from Harley Quinn, that, like, I can be anyone. Yeah, very much uh, similar characters in a way. Yeah, that eager actor. Was uh, the, the Reverend Lovejoy and Helen Lovejoy, when they get in their goth gear, that's definitely, like, tapped out material, right? Like you can Oh, I would imagine, that. yeah. Uh, one of my favorite things is them in this episode <laughs> well, coming up with that. Um, so uh, we cut to 742 Evergreen Tra- Terrace where uh, Bart and Lisa, that's his sister, Steve, oh, yes. are stepping off the old school bus, excited to share their experience. Uh, uh, of uh, Well, let, let's just play the clip. I'm telling mom about how the school freezer broke and they had to cook all the tater tots and the teachers took the extra tots home in no envelopes. I'm telling her. You never let me tell. Mom, the freezer broke and took all the tater tots. Okay, Mel. I'll be at the casino by ten. Meet me at the lounge by the Jay Giles cover band. Mom, why are you going to a casino? Are you a hostess? <sighs> Actually, my friends and I are using a system to win money to save the church. I can't believe you're gambling. It's not gambling. It's math. Is Dad in on this takedown? It's not a takedown. And I haven't told him about it. Yet. But it's okay for you guys to know because you're finally grown up enough to be trusted with adult information. Yeah, we are grown up. I know how much to tip a waiter. I go on hikes with my friends where we talk about our problems. I'll tell your dad everything in the morning when we have the money. But until then, I appreciate you keeping this very grown-up secret. Sorry, long clip, but uh, I just love how Bart and Lisa coming home, like, just... (laughs) 
typical like how kids act you know yeah bart's like i want to tell her no you always tell her <laughs> um also the uh when marge mentions uh, the jay giles cover band mm-hmm. i feel like there's a joke that they could have answered like like uh and their opening act is the actual jay giles band. yeah yeah you know i was expecting something like that you know yeah i think that's a missed opportunity for sure just uh just to burn the jay's guy jay giles band yeah take that angel is a centerfold and other song oh we should sing angel in the centerfold when uh, the stripper oh yeah um i do like uh also when uh bart and lisa talk about how they are growing up because lisa knows how much to uh tip a waiter <laughs> and bart knows to uh take a hike to talk about feelings with his friends this was a very solid scene i enjoyed it a lot yeah, yeah i agree maybe the strongest maybe not so back at the casino our religious cabal are ready for another round of card counting this time decked out in costume they then cut to the uh quantity inn where agnes bays in the new card while the rest say a prayer enjoyed all those outfits uh yeah. especially when uh when they go back to the hotel there when flanders takes off his mustache <laughs> to reveal another mu- his original mustache yeah. yeah also can we comment on how fucking hot marge is in her outfit yeah she's pretty hot yeah that's like that j-lo dress from like the early <laughs> 2000s that she's oh wearing. yeah mm-hmm. it's like damn marge pulling it off there i'd like to be pulling it off <laughs> She just needs to wear her hair down more, I think. I know. It's, it's a good look. I think it's coming up later, but uh, when she actually... You think it's her hair, but it's actually a wig. Yeah, that's like kind of like the uh, the Flanders thing. You get two mm-hmm. of those Sykes holds. But anyways, so back to Sexy Marge. She's uh, she's excitedly and she goes home to tell Homer the truth, but she discovers that uh, their marital bed is empty. Just then, Steve, <gasps> the telephone rings. Homie, homie, I can finally tell you how we really got the money. <laughs> Homie? Uh, Marge, some casino guys have me and they want the money you took from them or else. <gasps> this is all my fault. Just tell me one thing, Marge. Why did you lose faith in the review? I mean, Cats and Dogs writes itself. Cats and dogs on Capitol Hill, they don't get along and never will. Cats and dog squabbles never ending, even with... So much legislation pending. I like that song a lot. Do you like it more than uh, Screaming Female songs? Ooh, they're probably neck and neck, but it's a pretty good song. I mean, maybe if they covered it, then I'd like it even more. <laughs> All right. I'll leave you with that. Alrighty. Uh, our final act begins with Homer telling the story of how of him drinking beer when uh, Lisa and Bart inform him of the situation Marge has found herself in. Worried that he and his children will become orphans without Marge, he rushes to the casino. I love that line. <laughs> we'll become orphans. Uh, so he gets there and Homer is met by thugs who uh, take him to the beating room for some questions. As long as uh, just questioning in the beating room. Yeah, just questions. Marge goes to, his, uh, to the Lovejoys for assistance in getting her husband back but she finds that they are still in costume, enjoying some role-playing as Asphodel and his corpse bride, Belladonna, and they're interested in uh, bringing Marge into uh, threesome. This, of course, causes Marge to uh, vomit. They're, they're looking pretty good in this episode in their goth get-up. Yeah, they're pretty holy. <laughs> I just love that whole scene. <laughs> now they're just like these really keen... I think we've come... Maybe we've mentioned it on the podcast before, but... Uh... Mm-hmm. I always felt that, you know, the Lovejoys are definitely into some kink. Oh, yeah. They've definitely, like, she's actually had, like, a literal train run on her. Like, <laughs> just downstairs in the basement, his toy train. Yeah. Because <laughs> maybe that's his thing. Do you think uh, this might get graphic? Uh, we might have to bring some of this out. Do you think, uh, you know, they're going at it and he uh, releases his seed on her chest and he says, uh, think of these children. <laughs> 
Uh, Marge suggests that they give the money back to the casino, but it's already gone to the contractor who laughs hysterically about the idea of getting his money back. I also felt that th- it was a joke that was coming that was like, ha ha, laughing about, okay, sure. You know, yeah, I know. <laughs> it, was, it seemed like they were setting up that, but um, it wasn't. So at the casino, Homer's trying to negotiate with the uh, hard goons. Hard goons. Uh, are you going to put my head in a vice? We don't do that. We don't even have a vice. We just want the money your wife stole from us. Oh, I was counting card stealing. Well, it's not really stealing. Is it even cheating? No, but it's just not allowed. I don't get it. Football players can do the quarterback sneak and baseball players can steal bases. Why can't I just remember which cards have been played? I can't take any more of this guy. Get the vice! I knew you had a vice. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Again, it, Homer being logical. It's yeah, weird. It is. In a good way, though. Yeah, he's the voice of reason. Yeah. Uh, also, the Hispanic uh, con- contractor, I just uh, translated what he said. He said, the blue lady wants her money back. That's good. As church construction is underway, Lovejoy suggests to Marge that Homer's suffering was all a part of God's plan. But Marge has a quick retort. God's plan? God isn't some video gamer up there controlling us like we were Pac-Men and Dig Dugs? God isn't Sky Police. God didn't do this. I lied to my husband and made my kids lie too. We did this. She's right. We thought we could enter the den of sin and emerge unscathed, but we were scathed. Those free ginger ales at the casino, I I didn't declare them on my taxes. Mm. I'm going to do what I should have done in the first place. Put on a review. Uh, Marge then goes to the floor of the casino, gets on her knees, and prays. Dear Lord, I don't have anywhere to pray anymore, so I've come to your new temple. Here. I don't know if you watch us all the time, or if we're just like an ant farm you got for your birthday and left on the shelf. And every once in a while you check out what kind of crazy tunnels we've built. Maybe we got it all wrong, praying for you to give us things we selfishly want. Maybe prayer is just taking a moment to tell yourself that there is good in the universe. And I'm going to sit here and focus on that good. And maybe, just maybe, I'll get my husband back. So as the crowd forms around the praying Marge, the cameras on the ceiling take notice. From the uh, darkened monitor room, a mysterious figure approaches Marge. And also, uh, in the background, the crowd is largely populated by the Benson family reunion who are sporting uh, t-shirts with their name and the event slogan, Goblin and Gambling. That's fun. Yeah, this mysterious figure approaches Steve. Mm-hmm. And it's Doug Blattner, COO of Gaming and Resort Division of Stuffer's Italian Foods. <laughs> That's our fourth reference. Yeah, as played by a one Nathan Fielder. Oh. Blatter explains that Marge's religious display is negatively affecting the hand per minute and gambling of the casino in general. After making a few phone calls, Marge has Homer back thanks to his eyes in the sky casino management. Nice. Marge and her faith-based uh, card counting group are free to go, provided that they never return to this or any other river or maritime casino. Homer is reluctant to accept the conditions of the deal, but the Bums Rushatron 2.0 throws him out. Which was uh, another callback to the Bums Rushatron. That's true. It was early on in the episode, and I didn't yeah. write it down. Okay. Well, sitting outside and enjoying the remodeled church amidst the beautiful sunset, Marge asks Homer if he still believes in God, and he says he doesn't know how he wouldn't. We then see the Hindu god uh, Hamuman, which they referenced earlier, mm-hmm. in the dust sky and eat the sun god as though it were a mango. Thumbs up from Homer, and we cut to credits. So... 
the credits roll, Steve, and we get a uh, fun little next time on Sky Police, where Wiggum has grabbed Nelson and sent him into the atmosphere, freezing his face. Uh, Wiggum then lands in a hot tub full of bathing beauties. Ooh. He's chewed out of the mayor's office and faces off with Snake, who has a jetpack of his own. And then uh, that's it. All righty. Well, that was a lot of episode. A lot of episode. Let's uh, let's take a break and come back and discuss said episode. Sounds great. We'll be right back. And that's that. Another story in the classic, infallible three-act structure. Hi, I'm Laura Lutz, co-host of the Glow and Tell podcast. And I'm Steve Lutz, co-host of the 138th Simpsons podcast. We're married and we both like to eat. And, and we, we have, have a, a podcast. podcast. On our show, we'll discuss the food we love, the meals we make, and drinks to go with it. So if you enjoy cooking, eating, or anything to do with food, check out our podcast, Let's Eat. Each week, we'll talk about a dish we made, what pairs with it, and all of our thoughts about food in general. Find our show wherever you get your podcasts, and you can find us on social media at Let's Eat Podcast. And you can email us at letseatpod at gmail.com. Let's Let's eat! And we are back. Craig, uh, let's uh, wrap up the episode. We'll uh, talk about some reviews, maybe our favorite visuals, our MVJ, um, some quotes, and maybe our own thoughts. What do you say, Craig? All right. All righty. Um, let's start with some trivia. Um, this is the first time that the destruction of the church was not at the hands of the, the members of The Simpsons. So that's fun. <laughs> Good job. Yeah, it was Wiggum's fault. When the church gets replaced by the Atheist Strip Club, the Appearing Tonight billboard advertises Crystal Hitchens, which is a reference to a well-known atheist, Christopher Hitchens. Hmm. Either way, I'd pay to see him strip. As long as the Jay Giles band is playing. Or the Hurricanes. Or Scorpions, rather. Fuck. You just want me to put that in. I do. Rock you like a the episode title, Sky Police, has three very different meanings in, the, in this episode. So it's a little like a stony, like, whoa, man. At the start, it's simply Chief Wiggum using and causing massive destruction with a military jetpack that he wasn't supposed to have in the first place. Sky Police won. The words are a general reference to a higher religious power, like God, or Apu's Hindu deity, the Sky Police, but also the security at the uh, casino. Also, the Sky Police. So, Sky Police everywhere, man. Yeah, when uh, putting those together, and you're like, whoa. Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, you know, after the the first three minutes of literally the Wiggum as Sky Police, you're like, what's the point of this? Couldn't they have just burned the, the church down? They didn't need this whole thing. But it kind of does connect. So I thought, okay, never mind. Clever. Yeah, pretty clever. One of the inmates who escapes the jail when Chief Wiggum destroys a prison uh, wall is, is Sammy Hagar, who was uh, arrested for running over groundskeeper Will in a previous episode, Covercraft, which we have yet to review. Huh, interesting. Uh, so the main plot that we referenced earlier is an homage to the film 21, in which a Massachusetts uh, Institute of Technology graduate is recruited by to a car jetting ring by his uh, college tutor, played by Kevin Spacey, uh, which makes sense. Later uh-huh. replaced by Christopher Plummer. In tr- indeed. Uh, and gavels in order to raise tuition fees in a similar way. And then Apu makes reference to MIT as the Mumbai Institute of Tantric Sex. And then the real one. Have you watched Usual Suspects where they've re- put uh, Christopher Plummer in yet? That's pretty yeah. Good. yeah, it's pretty good. Because it's almost like he's playing Christopher or Kevin Spacey playing Kaiser Sose. So it's like, it's deep. It was really weird watching that Bobby Darren story with uh, Christopher Plummer. <laughs> yeah, it looks nothing like him. I gotta say, though, in Superman Returns, uh, Christopher Plummer as Lex Luthor is really good. Yeah, probably a better choice in the first place. <laughs> Actually, it would be a good choice. Yeah. Um, that's the only Kevin Spacey movies I can think of off the top of my head. What was uh, 
I saw Baby Driver and it doesn't have a big part, but it's a really good movie. And then you just see him and you're like, ah. Oh, shit. Seven. Oh, yeah. Christopher Plummer would be good in that role, too. It's true. All right, Christopher Plummer for everything, Steve. Yep. We're making a reference from like a three-year-old movie. Yep. So if you, no watch, saw. if you want to watch K-Packs, put Kevin Plummer. Plumber. Plumber in there and that's our trivia hey about some quotes or uh, visual gags and that sort of fun thing yeah so i'd say for quotes i really liked the martin lisa quote about being grown-ups i don't know why just that whole scene was really good but i just love them finding things to show that they're grown-ups being knowing how to tip and knowing to talk out your feelings while on a walk it's very mature and i like that that they're growing yeah i think i kind of alluded to that being one of my favorite scenes as well i can't really think of a, of a quote offhand this it's fun because this episode well, we'll get into it when we get to the review but this episode to me didn't have like ha 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 like lol moments mm-hmm. but i'm not saying that's a bad thing yeah i i, I really enjoyed the scene with homer in uh well after after uh, post coitus when he's eating steak and asking about the review mm-hmm. yeah the uh, homer even talking talking sense to the goons with the vice oh yeah and how like it's not actually cheating i gotta say maybe mel might be Ooh. the most valuable jokester in this episode he just did a lot of funny things he did I, I i think i would agree with you on that i'd say that homer is a close second for me because he was just kind of a voice of reason so yeah i just like when you know mel's like put on a review and uh staring at the boobies <laughs> everyone <laughs> was pretty small in this episode uh, uh agnes mm-hmm. oh okay never mind my favorite scene definitely uh, uh the lovejoys in their goth their sex thing and they want march involved yeah kind of hot kind of hot how about a tattoo or shirt i'm gonna keep it simple i'm gonna get a shirt um, it's going to be uh, Scobo's signature sippers. So just kind of like the menu photo. Mm-hmm. And I'll send it to you, Craig, right now. I don't want it. Okay. Well, you're <laughs> going to get it anyway. But yeah, I think that that's just a lot of fun. Just the, all the images. If you're wearing the shirt, it will give the person who you're talking to a lot to read while they wait for you to finish your sentence. <laughs> They're not paying attention to you. You're talking. They're just looking at no. your shirt. <laughs> Excuse me. My shirt's down here. <laughs> well, I thought the obvious choice was the uh, Benson family reunion shirt. Oh yeah. That makes sense too. <laughs> Gobbling and gambling. And I wouldn't mind a uh, tattoo of uh, Helen and uh, <laughs> Timothy Lovejoy as goths. Oh, yeah. Or uh, maybe maybe I'll get a, uh, we haven't done this before, a uh, cardboard cutout of uh, Marge in her sexy disguise. I don't want to know what you do with that. <laughs> maybe I'll uh, contact the real doll company. They're probably uh, overworked right now. <laughs> Actually, could you imagine like a, a life-size real doll of a Simpsons character? It'd be kind of creepy. It'd be really creepy. You know someone has one. Oh, yeah. How about uh, external review, Steve? Uh, yes, I have a couple from the International Movie Database. Uh, our first review is 5 out of 10. They entitle it Unsimpsons by Adam G. Steele on the 16th of March, 2015, so right after it aired. This episode may be enjoyable for many. It may even be well-written by some standards, but it doesn't feel like The Simpsons, and as a result, I couldn't enjoy it. The jokes are more drawn out than normal, feeling more like the family guy. The jokes are often unusually crude, like... When Horatio McAllister, the seaman, robs Apu for opium money. The dialogue is also slowed down, and Apu and Chief Wiggum don't sound like themselves. At several points, Apu doesn't even have an accent. It's like everyone who created this episode was intoxicated, and as a result, you don't get the usual Simpsons feel. This is disappointing. Hopefully not the start of a trend. Well, Adam G. Steele, we're intoxicated. Sure we are. Uh, I like how he has to write down Horatio McAllister. Yeah. The seaman. Does anyone refer to the... Uh, sea captain as the seaman 
I do not. Maybe Helen on weird nights. <laughs> I think we need to start referring him to the semen. The semen. Well, Steve, I have an opposite review. Uh, uh, one that's more positive. It's 8 out of 10. Ooh. Episode title is great with four exclamation points uh, by Bailey Boo 5318. Uh, not to be confused with Bailey Boo 5317. Mm, yeah. um, also posted uh, March, maybe it was actually March 18th, 2015. And it was Bailey Boo 53. <laughs> Could be, but she's still not. Bailey Boo 52. Much like the uh, new 52 from DC Comics. Um, this was awesome, but I don't know why it was called Sky Police. It was really cool. One of the best in season 26. A 7.9 43 Metascore. If I was a critic, I wouldn't have liked it that much, but I'm a user. <laughs> so I like it. Metascores 12, 33, 40, 45, 60, 65, 6.5, 6.7, 8.5. Love it. I always wanted to make a Simpsons episode once called The Hurricane Who Ruffled Sprinkles Hair. Yeah, I'm priceless. This episode was funny. Way, way, way times 60 better than the last two episodes. My club gave it a 7.9 42 meta score. Man, I can't wait to see the next episode. It was awesome. Not like the Lego movie kind of awesome, but awesome. Bye! <laughs> And so there's by with question marks and exclamation points. Yeah, I don't know why she's unsure and excited about her goodbyes. <laughs> Bye! We haven't had a, a guest on the show, but if we ever have a guest, I want Bailey Boo 53. <laughs> yes. This person's awesome. I think this is the best review we've ever or yeah, me, but it, we've ever read. It was a lot of fun. It took you it took such a journey. <laughs> it's she's priceless, you know? <laughs> we I just want a segment where she talks about her episode, The Hurricane Who Ruffled Springfield's Hair. <laughs> she is priceless. Can we message people on IMDB? Hmm. Um okay, well uh that's their reviews. How about our review, Steve. I'll go ahead and go first. So this episode, when I, you know, we watched it in multiple viewings, and I, I alluded earlier when I said I didn't really laugh out loud a lot, and, and that's not a bad thing. I don't know if I talked on the podcast or off the podcast with you about this podcast. It's it's hard to do a review show for a sitcom. Because comedy is subjective anyway. Sure. So I've always said like, well, there's shows like West Wing or even like the rebooted Battlestar Galactica, which it's more morality plays. Mm -hmm. And we can talk about, and if we were to do a podcast about those TV shows, so like a drama TV show, we mm -hmm. could talk about the morality of that episode. And it's more of an insightful conversation. Unlike the Simpsons podcast that we do is like, it's, it's, it's us going, that seems funny. Ha ha ha. Right. Or they don't and, make them like they used to. Right. This episode actually gave me what I was asking for. And it was, this episode has a lot of morality questions. It's that old, you know, with the counting cards, right? Mm -hmm. But it's also that, that old, is it wrong for a man to steal bread to feed his family? And what if he don't like bread? What if he likes cigarettes? Thank you, Simpsons. Homer in this episode was actually not like a dummy. He was the voice of reason, like you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. It was kind of weird, Marge being a part of the sense she does have a problem with gambling. Yeah. Luckily, it didn't consume her in this episode. You know, we talk about, and again, I'm talking about morality, that you have all the goody goodies of Springfield doing this, you know, yeah. Ned's all on board. And um, you also have a poo in there that different religion, but they're all kind of working towards a goal. 
fun little scenes in there, you know, with Bart and Lisa. I actually really enjoyed this episode a lot at, at first viewing when it started. Like, even us talking about last week with just yeah. like, this sounds really dumb. Uh, it wasn't. It was uh, kind of a thought-provoking episode from The Simpsons, which mm-hmm. we don't really get much of. And it's card county, right? But right. to me, like... Uh, what they were doing was right because it was fine because it was that the bread or the cigarettes mm-hmm. there's this people in the church so uh i gotta say uh thoroughly enjoyed it so uh they were playing uh some blackjack steve damn it <laughs> i knew it that's why i want to go first <laughs> so out of 21 i'm gonna give this a nice uh, 19 okay 19 out of 21 that's a high score but i think that your points made are very very good the structure of the episode, I talk about the structure a lot, but I thought it was a lot of fun how we so organically, in a way, got from the A scene of Wiggum getting at the jetpack to the larger story. And it did kind of have that feel of kind of like an old Simpsons episode, kind of like the original Casino episode, where a bunch of Springfield people are all united for one kind of storyline. And I thought that was interesting. And it might not have all the laughs, but it is a good journey. And it is reminiscent of older classic Simpsons when maybe the jokes aren't all there, but you experience the show together. And I liked it a lot. And your points about morality too, you know, there's like a lot of uh, issues, you know, we talked about earlier about churches and the way that they handle their uh, people's money. And this is kind of plays to that a little bit. So kind of prescient of the time, but now I'm not saying like, Simpsons predicted anything because I don't like that. But I thought that it was a fun episode and I like where it went. And so I'm going to say that when you do play blackjack, you play with uh, eight decks at a time, making counting cards a lot harder. And if you take out the jokers and the how to play blackjack from Hoyle cards out of the deck, that leaves you with 416 cards. I'm going to give this a uh, 900, or sorry, I can't give 900. (laughs) 385 out of 460, 416, 385 out of 416. That sounds, uh, wait, wait, what was it again? Uh, 385 out of 416. So 385 cards out of 416, which is the eight decks. That's a, that's a 92%, Steve. Okay. That's, that's kind of like what a, you gave. That's an A. Yeah, I'll give it an A. It was fun. Um, it might not be an episode that I'd recommend that people need to see, but if it's on TV, I'm going to say you should watch this. Yeah. Do we recommend it? Yes, but I think only if uh, if you're just wanting chuckles, no. But if you just want to watch something that makes sense, then yeah. watch it. It's like uh, the third track on the second side of a record that you like that maybe isn't very popular. It's not going to be the single, and it's not going to be one that people seek out. But once you get to know it, you kind of like it. This is the, the Simpsons version of the Doors album, Soft Parade. Oh, yeah. Which is uh, probably my favorite Doors album, but not a lot of Doors fans' favorite album. But I agree. And as I get older, the first album, which is kind of considered to be the classic, kind of goes away for me. Yeah, it's like, uh, it reminds me of Boston's first album, Boston, which is like, is this a greatest hits album? But it's not. Right. Because like, it's like, I know all of these songs. Mm-hmm, but you're right. Yeah, that first, the Doors album, it sounds like it should be the best of album. Yeah. But uh, this isn't a Doors podcast or a Boston podcast. It's a Simpsons podcast. And with that, I think we should find out what we're watching next week. How about that? How about that indeed? And uh, to find out what we're watching, we'll need to bust out that wheel of random. All righty. Let's uh, spin that wheel, see what season we are in. Season 27. Hey, it's a one more season up. Then. Season 27. Yes, just one more. All right. And uh, let's spin to see the episode.
Woohoo! We got episode two. Season 27, episode two. Why, that is Q Detective. Bart and Lisa are on the case when someone steals his smoker, Homer bought from a mysterious man at a barbecue shack. Uh, original air date, Steve, was October 4th, 2015. Written by Joel H. Cohen. Director was Timothy Bailey. I'm going to assume you don't remember this episode because I don't either. I have no recollection of this whatsoever. Well, you know, we enjoyed this episode from season 26. So maybe, you know, just a few months later from season 27 here, we get a, maybe it'll be good. Maybe. We were, we were worried last week about Sky Police, but I'm happy to say we aren't worried now. Yes, because uh, we already watched it. Yeah. But now I'm worried that if we're excited for this episode. Well, I'm not really excited for this episode. That's true, yeah. I'm just excited that we have a merchandise at uh, tpublic.com slash user slash annoyed grunt boys. Hmm. And I'm also excited that you guys can reach us on social media on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at 138Simpsons. And I'm excited that we have an email that is 138Simpsons at gmail.com. I'm also excited that you can go to your favorite podcasting app and uh, give us five stars and uh, give us a review. That doesn't have to be a review of us. You can just uh, say your favorite Simpsons quote, like, I know how much to tip a waiter. (laughs) That's everyone's favorite Simpsons quote, Steve. That's right. All right. Well, for this week, I've been an excited, annoyed grunt boy, Craig. And I've been an equally excited, annoyed boy, Steve. And remember, keep watching the skis. God doesn't hear my prayers. If he did, I'd be at home in the couch playing video games in a diaper. listening to your prayers.